Welcome to Travel Tuesday with Teresa, the ultimate source of wanderlust inspiration. Join the journey led by your host, Teresa Belcher, founder of Honeymoon Islands. Hello, and welcome to Travel Tuesday with Teresa. I'm Teresa Belcher, your host, the founder of Honeymoon Islands. And today we have two presentations. We have James Cavanaugh calling live from New Zealand. Hi, welcome, James. Gotta, thank you, Teresa. We're, James is going to give us a tour of his three properties. He represents Robertson Lodges. So I'm going to attempt to say these names the American way, and he's going to correct me and give me the Kiwi version. But we have first up Kari Cliffs, Matakari, and Cape Kidnappers. Did I say those correctly? Pretty close, Teresa. So in, in New Zealand, uh, in, in our Māori language, an A-U is pronounced as an O sound. So we're Cody Cliffs, Matakauri, and Cape Kidnappers, which should be uh, should be okay for everyone out there. Close enough. Well, that's the American way. So <laughs> next up, we have Maureen Kim coming from California, and she's going to showcase her South Pacific properties, which is Kokomo property in Fiji and the famous the Brando property in Tahiti. Both of those are on their own private island. So welcome, Maureen. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, awesome. I appreciate you guys spending time. So we're going to start with James. So if you want to share your screen, take it away, James. Will do. Thank you. And uh, kia ora koutou, everyone. Um, welcome all. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to share our three properties um, with you and, and, and I guess introduce you to New Zealand if you're new to the destination. Uh, if you know a little bit about us, fantastic. We'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail about these three properties um, that I'm fortunate enough to represent. Uh, so as, as uh, Teresa said at the top, we're with a collection of three lodges um, Cody Cliffs in the far north of New Zealand, uh, in the in the wild in the coastland uh, in the Bay of Islands region, we Cape Kidnappers in the Hawkes Bay, which is for New Zealand that's wine country, uh, and Matakauri Lodge just outside the small town of Queenstown, so which is a, a beautiful little um, alpine resort village down here in the South Island, right down the bottom. So I'm fortunate enough to be based down here. Uh, we we have the mountains and, and lake right out front the window. I'm already sharing, so I've. Um, I might show you a little bit about it. what's actually outside the window later on if we get a chance. So, um, look, I'll, I'll jump into this and forgive me if we're going over all ground for, for Kiwi veterans, um, but we will sort of cover a bit of the geography and a bit of the logistics as well, because that's an important part of getting to know the destination and, and understanding how your clients are going to uh, to experience the country. So Aotearoa, New Zealand, two islands, north and south. Uh, we have, excuse me, I just need to get that. There we go. So north and south, uh, two properties on the North Island, Cody Cliffs in the far north of the Bay of Islands area. This is all about the coastland. It's about the ocean. We're sailing, we're fishing, we're islands, white sand beaches and palm trees. Cape Kidnappers in the wine country down in the middle of the of the North Island. And down here at the bottom of Te Waka, Maui, the, uh, the South Island, Matakauri Lodge, just outside the small city of Queenstown. So three distinct locations, three unique properties as well. We're certainly not a rinse and repeat uh, experience. Each of these will have its own USPs, its own atmosphere, its own um, destinational highlights. And the properties themselves are quite different, as you'll see, we go through. So starting up here in the far north, uh, and, and I should say as well, look, most of your clients, they're coming in from long haul, particularly from the United States, they're, they're 
likely landing point uh, into New Zealand is going to be in Auckland, um, and we're then about a 40-minute flight up to up to Cody Cliffs. So we're in the small village of Kerikeri. We're just outside here. We're all about the coastline, about the ocean. Um, this is very much the Kiwi uh, coastal vacation destination. We can chop her up here. We're also about a 45 minute, uh, sorry, four, four to five hour drive from Auckland, I should say, uh, and about an hour, hour 10 by chopper right onto the lawn. So introducing the property, uh, we're, we're a 6,000 acre working estate. So we're originally a sheep farm back in the day. So the, the original owners, the, the Robertson family, uh, so current owners, I should say, um, purchased the, the farm, decided they wanted to build a golf course, and then uh, Josie Robertson, uh, um, Julian's wife, had the foresight to build this lodge to, to host and entertain um, visitors. So we're uh, 22 suites and four villas at the property. All of the lodgings are outside of the main lodge. The main lodge itself is social and dining. And we're just sort of exploring here through some of the room types and give you a general um, uh, understanding of the look and feel of the property. This is what we're actually looking at here, one of the new four-bedroom villas, which was opened during the pandemic. So we, we were pretty busy in our lockdown time here in New Zealand. It's a super active destination. So we're very much about the outdoors here in New Zealand. And, and a lot of the time on property is gonna be spent um, out on the farm. Uh, we have three private beaches to explore. It's a 6,000 acre working station or, or ranch in, in uh, New Zealand, we call that a station. Uh, so very active, very outdoorsy. Typical length of stay is gonna be two to four nights um there's as i said three private beaches there are miles and miles of walking trails mountain bike tracks um native forest beautiful waterfalls to explore we're looking at here pink beach which is the the southern of those of those three beaches uh so we do a barbecue here every evening and summer every friday evening in summertime or ad hoc for you know for for fits or small groups this is really the cultural heartland of New Zealand as well. So if anyone wants to, to, to um, explore that cultural heritage side of New Zealand, great place to do it. Um, the far north is really the birthplace of both Polynesian culture in New Zealand and also British colonial history. So what we're looking at here is, a, is one of the, the um, kauri tree, uh, which are, are on the property. Kauri are, a, are a, a, a very important tree in, in our Maori culture. Um, these are separate. These are said to, to separate the sky from the, the earth. So... Cody trees grow to allow light um, into the earth. So we we um, we we take our um, our indigenous culture pretty seriously here in New Zealand as as a, it's a big part of the experience. Um, when people do come down to stay, it's a, it's something they can really get into up north in particular. Uh, one of the USPs at this property, Cody Cliffs, we have a world top fifty golf course on site. So this is a, it's a David Harmon design from the mid nineties. Um, and as mentioned, if, if your clients are if clients are golfers, 100%, this is going to be on their bucket list. Uh, we are we we're not a golf resort as such. Um, it's, if you're a non-golfer, you're going to have a, a wonderful two, three, four days. Um, part of that experience might be, hey, grab a golf cart and go drive around. It's going to be the best two-hour self-guided self-drive experience in the country um, you know, with a bottle of wine and a picnic camper. Um, if you are golfers, you're going to have uh, have the week of your life. So just looking further at room types here. So this is the two-bedroom uh, villa. This was the, the owner's original residence. Um, so this is one of the original uh, accommodation types on property. And then we've just opened, as I mentioned, during the pandemic, these three four-bedroom villas, uh, which really, um, really separate the, set, set the property off. 
slightly separated from the main accommodation areas. If you're looking to the right of this image, you can see that large little patch of native forest and you, you might look closely and see a few little chimneys poking out of that. So that's the, the rest of the 22 uh, suites dotted through that little patch of native forest, everyone with their own private balconies, everyone's got ocean views, everyone's got golf course views. And on the other side of that patch of forest is the main lodge. So as I mentioned, that's just social and dining. Accommodations are all, all separate from the main lodge. So these three, three four bedroom villas, uh, all identical in style and design, uh, different color schemes and different touches inside, but, um, but they're certainly uniform elsewhere. Sweet overview of the property. As I mentioned, this isn't a golf resort. Uh, the, the golf course does come pretty close to the property, um, but we certainly don't uh, we don't pitch ourselves as that. Um, it, it, we do, you know, Friday evening canapes and cocktails. Grab a putter, go wander around on the little practice screen here. We do, you know, there might be drinks out there one night, might be barbecue. So we want to engage people in that, but we certainly um, we don't turn off non golfers. I'm going to play a wee video here, and I will hope it has some sound. It's just some some music in the background, so not not a deal breaker if it doesn't. But um, this will give you a little bit of a, uh, a taste of what the property has to offer. So I mentioned it's about a six thousand acre working farm. Internally, it's uh, was set up like a you know a South Carolina homestead, which is the Robertson's original home. This is the the essence of Cody Cliffs and the Bay of Islands in the north, where white sand beaches and palm trees, as I said, it's sailing, fishing, walking trails, and mountain bike tracks on site. We can get out and do farm experiences here as well, but we touch on that more at our our second property, Cape Kidnappers, which we'll see as we go. So arriving at the property, it actually drives through some of this farmland. It's a pretty active property. People are going to spend a lot of time exploring uh, and, and getting out on the estate itself. Um, people might also spend half a day in the nearby village of Kerikeri, um, perhaps looking at some of the you know, the other um, historical sites around the region, or you know, out on a sailing boat or out on a fishing cruise. That's uh, that, that's when you're going to spend time off property up at Cody. So then, moving further down the country, we're at uh, Cape Kidnappers, and there's a story behind that name. Uh, this is a, a little peninsula out onto the east coast of New Zealand. Um, as you can see here, we're about a 40, 40 minute flight from Auckland. Um, so in uh, you know early colonial times, the local iwi or tribe um, that were based here um, spotted um, Captain Cook's, uh, you know, who was a British colonist, spotted his boat um, sailing offshore and they went out to meet them and noticed there was a, a brown skinned boy on the boat um, and not realizing he was a, a cabin boy that the, the ship had picked up in, in Tahiti. Um, they thought he'd been taken from uh, from the village around the corner, and uh, and, and a battle ensued. So hence the name. That's that's how the, the this district got its name of Cape Kidnappers. Nothing more sinister than that. There's no certainly no modern context behind it. So something that people always pop up and ask and say, "What you know? What's the story there? You you turning you know you turning people off?" But um, there's there's a great story behind it. So this property, similar to Cody Cliffs, again, it's about a six and a half thousand acre working farm. And this one really is about the farmland and the connection to, um, to the whenua, to, to the country. 
um, it's it's more of a farming experience than you'll see up at uh, up at Cody Cliffs. Um, and we're right in the heart of, of uh, wine country, as I said, in, in the Hawke's Bay, which has just been elevated to um, great wine regions of the world status, which is, apparently is a, an important thing for, for onophiles. Um, this is what I'm hearing. Um, so we, that's a, a new development, and we'll start to amplify that, certainly. Different style and design to Cody Cliffs. Is, that's more in that sort of colonial heritage homestead. Um, this one's a much more rugged-looking feel. Different interior design. This is Linda Bedell out of Aspen. Again, very active property, around about six and a half thousand acres, as I said, um, and it sort of spans the length of what you can see here. So right out on the, if you might remember from that map, it's a little pointy peninsula at the end there, and that's what you can see on that right-hand side out to the shark's tooth. Um, Four-wheel drive touring, great way to get out and explore the property. We also have an ATV, which will pop up in the video, as you'll see when we get to this one. Very much about the food and wine story here, um, as at all three of our properties, heavily food and wine focused. Um, currently, we are an all-inclusive uh, dining um, experience. All of our tariffs are breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you do get to, you know, get out the chef. There is some farm-to-table, you know, activity type um, going on here at, at Cape, more so than the other properties. Again, spa at all three properties. More developed at Cody than at Cape, uh, but certainly is available there. We are again twenty-two suites on this property, and we have one four-bedroom villa. So they're all around, you know. 60 to 68 square meters, you know, all generous. Everyone's got a balcony. Everyone's got views out of the ocean out to the farm. We do have some interconnecting suite options here for families and the like as well. Um, but if we do have larger groups, this um, four-bedroom villa certainly does the trick. Um, it can also be set up as a two-bedroom. So we can split that and it can be sold as a two or a four. Great for entertaining small groups. Again, super active destination, and we really lean into the farming side at this property, so you can get out with the shepherd and, and watch him with his dog working the sheep, and it's quite an interactive experience as well. Um, you know, kids can shear a sheep, they can get out and whistle the dogs and get them to go and fetch sheep from paddock A to paddock B. It's it's a really, it's actually a really cool experience. I did it myself, and even as a, a veteran Kiwi, I, was, uh, I still had a great time out there. Um Again, miles of private coastline on this property. So what you're looking at in the middle there is um, is flat top reef. This is over on um, Rangaika Beach, which is you know kilometers and kilometers of of uh, white sand beach. We have access to only by Can Am and ATV. Um, up on the right there, there's a the, the world's largest inland gannet colony, which is a, a species of seabird which settles in in summertime. So you can get up up close and personal with those guys. Down in the middle here, on the on the bottom of this image. I'm showing a kakapo, and, and one of the unique features of this property is about a thousand acres which have been fenced off for um, wildlife conservation. So uh, focused specifically on our native New Zealand birds, the kiwi, um, amongst many others. So we have a breeding program here and it's a pretty big part of the operation and guests can get out and, and experience that with a conservation ranger. It's a pretty cool way to, to see um, that side of New Zealand. As with Cody Cliffs in the north, this one has a pretty incredible golf course on site as well. This is a Tom Doak design who, if anyone's into their golf, he's a, a, a bit of a rock star designer and people will travel around the world just to play at his courses um, that he's designed. And this is a pretty special one. Again, we don't sell ourselves as a golf resort. This one is slightly further away from the main lodge. And if you're standing on your balcony in your suite, you're not, you're not actually going to see it unless I point it out to you. Um, but, uh, but those that are into it will certainly... Um, be, be chomping at the bit to get out on this one. If you've picked up a golf magazine in the last 20 years, that's on the cover. Um, so again, a wee destination video here. You can imagine some nice soft piano music over the top of it. Otherwise, I'll, I'll try and talk you through what you're seeing.
So quite a large estate, quite a lot of it's forested um, and getting out and exploring it in the, in the ATVs is a, is a pretty great way to see the property and, and understand some of the intricacies of it. Um, as I mentioned, it's, it's very much a farming, an active farming destination. So we lean into that side of the operation here. 22 suites, uh, four of which are in this main uh, main um, lodge section and the rest are sort of strung out on the ridge line behind. So those lodge suites do give us the opportunity for, for people that want to stay in property or, you know, might have mobility issues or elderly um, or kids that want to, you know, families with kids that want to be interconnecting. Golf course here, as I said, it's, you know, very lightly um, played. So, you know, as, as with Cody Cliffs, non-golfers, grab a golf cart, go for a drive and, and you get to experience some of the stunning scenery out there. Miles of walking trails and mountain bike tracks as well. We do a lot of, um, you know, there's a there's a horse riding um, operator on property. Um, this is this is the best way to get out and explore the road. And this is my favorite activity in all of New Zealand. This this Can Am tour. It's not self drive. We don't want anyone hearing around corners like that and putting anyone at risk. But it's a um, the the guys that run this um, actually live and work on the neighboring property. They're a fantastic bunch. What we're looking at here is the the predator proof fence. So wildlife sanctuary on the left, farm on the right. Just to give you an experience and. Uh, uh, understanding of the scale. And that is Cape Kidnappers. So then moving further down the country to Matakodi Lodge. So we're just outside the small city of Queenstown. So um, people, anyone that's heard of New Zealand or looked into the destination, Queenstown's probably the, the one destination you've, you've heard of. Um, and this property, we're about seven minutes outside of town, um, perched on the top of the, uh, on the, on the top of this um, little batch of native forest. And, and if I turn my computer around after this that's exactly what I'm looking at out the window right now we're we're in our spring so we're at the end of the ski season there's a little bit of snow around all the mountains but the sun's shining it's blue skies that's your quintessential Queenstown experience super busy destination so Queenstown's a very active little little city think of a small Jackson Hole or Aspen it's restaurants and bars and and uh, and shopping uh, we're right in the heart of the central Otago wine region as well so people who get out touring the region um you know the food and wine again here is a pretty big part of the experience so this is our shoreline at the property here we have a little private jetty as well um, which we can do water arrivals we can we do yoga down there in the mornings and summertime we can do private dinners on that wee jetty as well um queenstown this is the destination piece right so at, if at the other two properties 80% of your activity is, is on site um and exploring the 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 properties themselves lots of Queenstown activities outside of our gate. So you're going to helicopter over to Milford. You're going to explore the Dart River system, Dart River um, ecosystem on, on a jet boat. Um, we're a ski resort in winter. So June through September, October, we have um, three ski resorts, uh, which, which we access here from the property um, or, you know, heli skiing just up behind us. We're, we're wine country. So the Central Otago wine region is one of the, the better known Pinot Noir producing regions in the world. And what you can see here down the bottom is right on our doorstep. This is the smallest of the three lodges. So we're only, uh, we, we, we have 12 suites plus a, a four bedroom villa. So very much a little boutique resort. Uh, and we're on about a, we're about a 10 acre estate here, um, heavily forested with, with native forests. So, you know, you wake up in the morning, you walk through the property and you're hearing native bird song everywhere you go. Uh, and it's a beautiful little oasis just outside of, of the, the really bustling little city.
So we're looking at the four-bedroom villa here. So this was built in around 2016. The property itself was from about 2009. The Robertson Group acquired it in, in 2011, full refurbishment, and then added this uh, four-bedroom villa in around about 2016. Um, can be split up and sold as a as a two. Um, and eagle-eyed um, spotters out there might might recognise some of these as where um, William and Kate honeymooned uh, back in the day. So, so something that um, a lot of people can relate to. The art collection around the property is quite incredible, as it is with the two North Island lodges as well. The the Robertson family were prolific art collectors, and there are half a dozen Picassos scattered around the lodge. Um, and as part of the um, Robertson Family Trust. Uh, there is the the family's um, art collections coming out from New York uh, to New Zealand later on this year. I think around about a $150 million art collection, which will be bequeathed to the Auckland Art Gallery. So the family are very much um, part of the, the New Zealand um, art culture. Um, and uh, we're, we're really excited to show, show off a, a lot of that on our properties themselves. So much of Queenstown is a very much a four season destination. So this was taken oh, July this year. Um, we we're a ski resort in winter time, <clears throat> and and the rest of the year we're you know we're biking, wine country, fishing, hiking, um, you know, cycling through the river systems out to the wineries. Um, we don't often get snow like this on the property. Um, this will happen sort of once or twice a year, um, which is probably welcome to most people who live live through snow in in the northern hemisphere. Um, but it's certainly, you know, it's lovely to look at out the window when it's here. And as I said, we access three ski resorts pretty close by. Uh, again, we'll show you a wee destination video, and hopefully this gives you a little bit of experience about what it's like to be at Mashakati Lodge. So we're tucked away in this little native forest region, uh, around about seven kilometres from downtown, so we can explore um, the, the city pretty easily. We have access to all this lakefront here. There's, there's um, walking trails which run along that bottom of that lakefront out to some of the little local um, little local national park areas to, to get out and explore. We can do water arrivals. So we're around about oh, 15 minutes if you're jumping on this boat from the airport. Uh, so there's a jetty about two minutes drive from the, from the airport. We can be out here pretty quickly. We don't have helicopter access on the property, but we use a, a landing space just up behind the lodge. It's around about a five-minute drive, and we'll see that as we get through further on this one. So this is all accessible by those walking trails from, from just out front of the lodge. So this one's about a five-minute drive up behind the lodge up to this area, Moak Lake. Uh, so walking trails, mountain bike tracks, and we use this as our heli access point. Um, but it's a you know, pretty neat place to get out and explore with a picnic and um, we, we send people up here um, pretty regularly. So that's us in a nutshell. We're, we're three um, very distinct and unique lodges and th in three uh, very unique parts of New Zealand, sort of spanning the length and breadth of the country. Um, we'd like to think a, a, an itinerary utilising all three of these lodges gives you a really um, solid exposure to, to what it is to be um, to be a, a, in New Zealand and, and to have a full itinerary. Um, we would expect to see about 25% of our guests will use at least two of their properties on New Zealand itinerary and around about 10% will, will use all three. Um, New Zealand tends to be about a 10 to 12 night um, proposition for North American guests. 
Um, so dipping out of um, you know two two or three of our properties is, is certainly on the on the cards for a lot of them. Um, we have a central reservations team which will you know help put those itineraries together and can manage that whole thing sort of end to end. Or we obviously work with all of our DMCs um, in in New Zealand to to produce those itineraries. Um, I promise you an outside shot, so we might just step out here onto the, onto the balcony. I'm just parked up on one of our in one of our suites. You're going to give us a treat. Hopefully the sun's not too bright and you can actually see oh. what's out here. How's that looking? Wow. So it's beginning fall here in the USA and you guys are south of the equator. So it's the beginning of your summer. You're coming out of your yeah. winter. So. That's right. So we're, we're heading into summertime now, which is really the peak season for our you know, North American and European um, clients, obviously. Um, but look, we're we're starting to see a shift from it used to just be you know December festive through to the end of Jan Feb. Um, we're sort of seeing that spread right, you know, one October right through to sort of thirty May. We're really seeing that that North American season spread out into those shoulders. Look, it's uh, the climate here is super mild. So look, even if you're coming down here in the middle of winter, I say we're a ski resort. If I'm heading out to pick up dry cleaning or to go to the bank and lunch, I'm, I'm okay like this. I'm not wearing five layers. This we're not we're not in Michigan. Um, you know, it's pretty comfortable out here. It's pretty mild. Um, we can ski in the morning and play golf in the afternoon. It's a pretty mild destination. And then in the North Island, we're 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 quite tropical in the far north. So Cody Cliffs almost feels to me like you're in Hawaii up there. It's that sort of steamy, um, you know, coastal experience. Cape Kidnappers is, you know, that super dry sort of mid, mid um, you know, it's that uh, we're, we're wine country up there and and farmland. So, yeah, it's a pretty mild destination where there's, there's a year-round opportunities um, for, you know, families, honeymooners, couples, multi-gens it's a it's a pretty well-rounded destination and it's and it's easy to sit here and say hey listen no matter who your client is we can do something for them but but it's a reality um and and uh, hopefully that that message comes across so james how far did you say milford sound was right so milford sound from here uh we're from helicopter from uh from up the road here we're around four 35 minutes straight line um across to milford um, by helicopter so you know a half day um touring uh is, is a real you know or 80 percent of our guests that are staying here at Matakoti will, will do you know a half day or full day heli experience um yeah. I, I should mention as well we, we talk a lot in New Zealand about you know you're going to fly here you're going to fly there you're going to fly a 10 12 day itinerary in New Zealand is probably going to involve four to five domestic flights that's not something to panic about. Um, catching domestic air in New Zealand is like getting a bus. You turn up 30 minutes before your flight. There's probably no security. Uh, I think only two, you know, two or three of the airports have security, depending on the, the size of the plane you're going. So, uh, you know, it's not like flying from Atlanta to Chicago, which took me half a day. Um, you know, when I was up there in May, and and you know, cost me a few grey hairs. Um, New Zealand air domestic travel is pretty comfortable. It's it's um, it's a, not a not an arduous experience. Very foreign to us Americans. That's the way it used <laughs> to be back in 30, right. 40 years ago, but no longer. Yeah. But that's great to hear. So yeah. so the, um, yeah, the the longest flight, the longest flight in New Zealand is Auckland to Queenstown. So it's a 90-minute flight and you're gonna turn up you know 45 minutes before your flight and walk on. So getting around here, you you're not losing days or half days um traveling from place to place. That's you will, refreshing. You know, and, and it's it's the best way to get around. Look, it's a it's a small country. It's about the size of California. 
Um, but you know, driving, you know, there's no big highways, eight lanes straight, which is going to take you from A to B. So it, it certainly is a, a, a flight destination. Um, people might grab a, a car and do three or four days self-drive while they are here, get out and do a little bit of touring. Um, but we also have obviously guides and, and private drivers and in all destinations to manage a lot of that stuff as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your presentation. And it's off to Marie. We're going to the South Pacific now. Yeah. Hello, everybody. So I'm just going to go. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen. And hopefully it's working. Yep, I can see it. Wonderful. So we are going to be starting in Fiji, which is hop, skip and a jump, I guess, from New Zealand. Um, and this is Kokomo, Kokomo Private Island. Um, on a private island off of the main island of Fiji. 45 minutes from Nandi International Airport. It's a very small property, which is, again, less than 30 units on a beautiful destination. Um, it's actually owned by a billionaire real estate developer in Australia. And as the story goes, he was flying over Fiji, saw this island, fell in love, and decided to buy it as one does. So that is how Kokomo Private Island Fiji came into existence. So how do you get there? From the US, especially from the West Coast, there are plenty of direct flights to Nandi. Once you land in Nandi International Airport, you will be swept up by a Kokomo representative who will then whisk you away to their private aviation hangar, about a 10 minute drive from the airport. There you get checked in and you have, you'll plan this ahead of time, of course, but from there you can either take a seaplane directly to Kokomo Private Island, which is right over here, or the option, the other option would be a helicopter. So the helicopter is about 60 minutes and the seaplane is about 45 minutes. I've done both. As you can imagine, they offer incredible, incredible views. And it's quite the experience to land or depart from Kokomo Private Island on either one of those vessels. So um, again, as you can see, this kind of outlines where the direct flights to Nandi are from, from various parts of the world. So this is the island, as you see right here, and this is the seaplane. Um, Kokomo Private Island actually owns all of the aviation. So you have these pristine vessels at your um, at your service. The, the seaplanes are immaculate. The helicopter is the same. Um, again, they are all owned by Kokomo. So everything is in their kind of direction and they manage it all. So again, when you book Kokomo Private Island, you work with their reservations team on booking all of these um, flights to the island. And so this is the overview of the island. And the resort mainly falls on kind of this part of the island. Um, the rest of it has some um, employee housing and whatnot, but again, you can see it takes place mostly over here. And this is kind of an inset that I wanted to show you because all of the units here are either pool villas or residences. And the pool villas are separated either to be on the sunrise side, which is over here, or the sunset side, which is over here. The units are exactly the same. And what the difference is, is the sunrise side over here sits more on a reef. So you can go snorkeling just off of your villa. And if you're on the sunset side, this is more of a true beach. So you can just go swimming, it's white sand and it's wonderful. And a lot of the activities, the restaurants, the activity center are all on the sunset side over here. So 
a lot of times we do say that the sunrise side tends to be a bit more private and quiet only because again, if you're over here, you have a lot of people that will be on the beach, going on the pontoon, um, swimming out, enjoying that part of the island because again, the restaurants and the activity center is also on that side. So it really just depends on preference whether you want, whether you want sunrise or sunset. And then the three to six bedroom residences that are massive, and you'll see photos, those actually sit more on the interior island. So they don't have direct beach access. So that's one thing to note in terms of the differentiation. One to three bedroom pool villas on either the sunrise or sunset side. And then you have the multiple bedroom residences kind of again on the interior of the island. And so these are just some shots, um, some shots to show you of what it looks like. So again, you see this is more of the beach side, the sunset side, where you have the villas here. They're all very private. You have a lot of privacy. Um, every villa has its own pool, its own hammock, and its own separate living space. So even if you're in, one, in a one-bedroom villa, you have a separate living space that's denoted right over here, and this would be your bedroom. Huge bedrooms outside shower, inside shower, huge eggshell bath, plenty of closet space. Again, you have views for days, whether you're on sunrise or sunset. And again, this kind of gives you an idea. One thing on the sun, hold on, the sun rise side, um, you have a bit more privacy between the beach and your outside area. So you have kind of this vegetation in between. So it does afford a bit more privacy. When you're on the sunset side, the true beach side, again, you kind of have your um, outside area directly onto the beach. So again, just a few little differences and it's all gonna depend on personal preference. And these are just some of the photos of the residences. And again, this, these are spectacular. These are massive giant homes, anywhere from three bedroom to six bedroom. And again, they're on the interior island. So they provide these incredible 360 degree views of the island, of the water, um, really just spectacular. You have huge pools. And one thing to note, Kokomo Private Island is an all-inclusive option. Um, it's inclusive of all of your food and all of your non-alcoholic beverages. And then you have the option to buy into a beverage package. You also get all non-motorized activities included. Um, you have nanny services from nine to five. So kind of office hours, if you will, when you get into your regular villas. When you book into these residences, you then have a 24-hour butler and 24-hour babysitting services included in your rate. So if you have families, multi-gen, um, it's a really great benefit to mention because again, that free babysitting service is just, it means so much. Again, if you have a lot of children or just even one and you're looking to enjoy some adult time, you have that option um, for guests staying at Kokomo. These are just some more um, pictures of the multi-bedroom residences. As again, you can see here, sweeping 360 degree views of the water and it's just spectacular. Um, lots of communal space, outdoor space, beautiful rooms. And of course, every residence will have an ensuite bathroom um, in the bedrooms. So again, just to give you an idea of the different design. And I would say the design kind of differs in the in the villas. It has more of a Fijian design inside. And then when you go into these residences, it's a bit more contemporary. The Kokomo Private Island has um, plenty of food options for you. You have three restaurants. One is a Southeast Asian kind of street food grill. Then you have your more fine dining option. And again, an all day 
informal beach dining option. They have their own farm on the island. They do endeavor to grow as much as they can on the island to feed everybody on the island. Um, but of course, they do have to import some things because some things are just um, not growable on there. But the food is absolutely delicious. I will say one feat that is so impressive with Kokomo Private Island is that they change the menu in all of their outlets every single day. And I tell you, the food is spectacular. In terms of activities, again, you have all motorized and non-motorized sports. If you ask a local what the best activity to do is at Kokomo Private Island Fiji, they will 100% say fishing. Uh, but if fishing is not your thing, you can go snorkeling, you can go diving, you could spend time with their two on-site marine biologists. Kokomo Private Island is the closest luxury resort to the Great Astrolab Reef which is very famous amongst the diving set. You can see manta rays, you can see live coral, you can see plenty of fish. It's pretty incredible. I did the snorkeling there and it was just magical. Or you can do nothing and just sit on the pontoon, sit on your balcony, sit on the deck, whatever it is, and just really enjoy the beauty that's all around you when you're staying on the island. It has a lovely spa here as well, as you can kind of see, you can get um, spa services either in a traditional room or have it somewhere around the island. Again, you can stand up paddle boarding, you can do, um, I don't think there's surfing nearby, but you can do snorkeling. And then again, you they have various boats as well that you can take around to explore different islands, have private destination uh, picnics to neighboring places. So again, at Kokomo, you really can do as much as you want or as little as you want and just enjoy the natural beauty of where you are. So that's Kokomo Private Island Fiji. Again, it is an all-inclusive option. Um, everything, food and non-alcoholic beverages are always included in your rate and then you can buy into an alco alcohol package. Um, every room has babysitting included. If you're in a pool villa, it's kind of during office hours. And if you are in a residence, it's a 24 hour babysitting service that you have. So it's really a wonderful option, whether you're looking just for straight romance or you're doing a multi-gen vacation or you're doing couples traveling together. Again, you have so many different room configurations and so many different options in terms of activities that I think it really does appeal um, to any traveler looking for just any sort of either relaxing vacation or an active vacation in a beautiful beach destination. And from there, we're gonna move a little farther east now to Tahiti in French Polynesia. This is the Brando, very famous uh, private island resort as well. Uh, Marlon Brando spotted this atoll when he was filming Mutiny on the Bounty all those years ago. Again, fell in love and decided to purchase the island. So this is what the Brando is. Of course, the resort is only on one of the small islands, but the entire atoll is a part of the Brando experience. And again, when you land here at the Brando, it's just such a magical experience to see the water from going from the darkest blue to just the really clearest white. Um, but French Polynesia, I think, again, really does have the most beautiful water in the world. So the Brando has 35 units, one, two, and three bedroom pool villas. All of the units here have pool villas. Um, how do you get to Tahiti? Tahiti is very well connected, no matter where you're coming from. Obviously, the West Coast has a lot more of the connections, but even if you're coming from Hawaii or um, Australia or Asia, again, there are a lot of direct, uh, direct flights going into Tahiti. Once you land in Papiete in Tahiti, very much like Kokomo, you will be met by a Brando representative. They will take you to the hangar for Air Tetiroa. 
and from air to from that hangar to the island of the Brando, it takes you about 15 to 20 minutes in a small aircraft. So, and again, that is all booked when you go through the booking process at the Brando. Right now, Air Tetieroa flies from Papiete to the Brando. Tuesdays of this year, there are direct flights from Bora Bora directly to the Brando, which is great because it kind of eliminates that extra connection in Papiete in Tahiti. We don't know yet if that direct flight on Tuesdays will continue into 2024. We certainly hope so, because obviously so many people do pair the Brando with Bora Bora. So it, it's really a game changer. Again, the connection in Tahiti doesn't add that much time to your travel to the Brando, but of course, everybody loves a direct flight. So this is the island where the Brando, the resort is. And as you can see right here, this is where all of the units are, the pool villa units, and then the main center of the island where you have the restaurants, the bar, reception, etc. And then everything else in the rest of the island is uninhabited, um, things that you can certainly explore, but the resort only takes this small footprint over here. And I wanted to show you an aerial view of what the pool villas look like. Again, you have a lot of privacy, so much foliage around each unit that you feel very cocooned when you stay at the Brando. It's just kind of the most ultimate luxury and ultimate um, privacy that you can get. This is the interior of a one-bedroom pool villa. And again, the design of all of the pool villas will be very similar to each other. They have some Tahitian elements in there. Beautiful bathroom, two sinks, lovely outdoor bath, indoor bath, indoor shower, outdoor shower. And you can see everybody also has their own private pool. And then from the pool, again, you kind of walk out a bit more and then you have um, the beach directly there. So very similar to Kokomo as well. You have a sunrise side and a sunset side. And again, the two places differ. Again, one is more of a reef that allows you to snorkel right off of your room. And the other side is more of a pure, pure white sand beach where you can just go swimming. So it's really, again, up to you what you like, but I can tell you the interior of all of the villas are exactly the same. Um, so you really, it really doesn't matter what side you're on, you're going to love your pool villa. And these are just some options of the food and beverage here as well. Again, the brand, uh, the Brando is all inclusive. So you can do a breakfast only option when you go to the Brando, or you can do full board, which includes every, every single meal and all of your beverages. So again, you can pick and choose the package that you want to buy into at reservation, at time of reservation. They have informal options like the Beachcomber Cafe, they're more fine dining, Les Mutinay. They have a teppanyaki restaurant with just 10 seats. So you can imagine that's quite coveted. And then you can, of course, do destination dining anywhere around the island. And they have two spectacular bars with lovely tiki drinks, great wine. Um, so it's a great time no matter where you dine. They have a beautiful spa where you can do plenty of different treatments. They have hot and cold areas, wet and dry areas. And again, places where you can just relax, do yoga on a beautiful platform, or just go and enjoy really the scenery of this beautiful kind of cocooned spa as well. And one spa treatment is included, um, one spa treatment per day for every unit, for every bedroom. So if it's a couple sharing a one bedroom unit, you get one 
um, spa a day and you can double up on those. So if you don't want to, so if you want to do a couple's massage, you can just wait till the second day and then you would have two massages available for you. Again, being a private island, you have plenty of motorized and non-motorized sport activities. There are a lot of activities to be done just on the island with the bikes that are available. Every, every villa has its own bike. You can walk trails. You can do wonderful um, green tours. The Brando has a huge focus on sustainability. They have two, again, on-site marine biologists, but also they have a very um, uh, a very intricate kind of no waste policy here. And you can kind of do a tour of the back of the house to see all of the things that they go through and all of the things that they endeavor to do to really try and make this a zero waste resort. The air conditioning here is done through um, seawater, which is very unique. Um, not many resorts in the world do this. I think there just might be two and they're both in, in Tahiti and one is the Brando and that way they save um, energy and all of those things. So that is a quick dive into the Brando. Again, a beautiful private island destination in French Polynesia on the island of Tetiaroa, just off of Tahiti. Um, between the two properties, honestly, you cannot go wrong. They're just different destinations, um, different environments and different ambiance. So I think it really just depends on the type of experience that you're looking for that will really dictate which one would be better for you. Awesome, Lorraine, wonderful. I do have a question. Um, talk to me about the season for Tahiti and Fiji, rainy season versus when the prices are higher versus prices are lower. Yeah, so you start seeing prices increase um, at the Brando probably beginning April because that's you're kind of getting, you know, kind of November to November to March ish would be their wet season. So April going forward into summer is going to see is when those prices are going to go up. And again, peak is really kind of like July, August. But again, with the way that things are changing with the weather, I was there in March, which is considered their wet season. And we had absolutely spectacular weather. So it's just really hard to um, kind of predict now how yeah. the weather will be but it's um but i tell you even if it's rainy to be at the brando or kokomo you're going to have a spectacular experience because it's just so beautiful um and just the people are so warm in fiji and in french polynesia just experiencing that culture also is just really a highlight at both places that's wonderful so would you happen to know the ratio between uh, families versus couples looking for romance versus family vacations. Would you happen to know that? Because it could vary from week to week, month to month. It can. And I say the Brando, I think the Brando, you would probably probably see less families on any given day. Again, they have multiple bedroom units, up to three bedrooms. But I think just with the ambiance of the Brando, if you are bringing children you probably would want to bring maybe slightly older children it just has a much more sophisticated feel again they welcome kids of all ages but just going there and kind of seeing the ambiance and how things are I think I don't know of course you can bring little children but I just feel like it's it's a bit more of an sophisticated environment it's very quiet people kind of stay within their bubble of whoever they're traveling with so it's very different but again you can do that I would say at Kokomo you will probably see more multi-gen and more 
families with children just because they do. And I failed to mention they do have a kids club and a teens club because those babysitting services are included. That is also a big draw for a lot of families. It's not overrun with families, but again, I think that on any given day, you would probably see more multi-gen and families at Kokomo just because some of the services that they provide. And again, they do have those multiple bedroom residences that are just massive, beautiful units, um, up to six bedrooms. So again, that obviously is going to draw bigger family units or again, multi-gen or people with children. Awesome. Well, it, I hope everyone enjoyed this presentation because I know I did. I'm very inspired. <laughs> so I wanted to thank my guest co-hosts, Maureen and James today for showcasing your products. And I hope somebody out there who's watching is inspired. And if you want more information, rates or reservations, please reach out to me. I'm Teresa from Honeymoon Islands and I will leave my contact information below. And until next time, Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Maureen. Thanks, James. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Bye, everybody. Bye. Stay tuned for more episodes that will unveil new horizons and immerse you in the beauty of global discovery. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Until next time, if you can dream it, we will create it.